ready for another episode of Wandering the Wool Gathering? Good. Here's Foggy. Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 41. Sometimes the spirit is too strong or the flesh is too weak. Sometimes the need is just too great for the solace we seek. The suit of shining armor becomes a keen and bloody sword. No one gets to their heaven without a fight. I'm Foggy, and with me tonight is JPP. Easy listening sounds for the hard of hearing. It's JPP. Good evening. And tea bags. Swinging deep into the valleys of Latonia. <laughs> able to plunge from high altitudes, only to land with a gentle splat. <laughs> Receiving only the finest education from his instructor, Earl Grey. It's... It's tea bags too hot for TV. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> I love that. I'm to, that's my favorite. Tea bags uh, is in a new location. It sounds like he's in the bathroom, but uh, you know it's fitting for tea bags and all. Yes. <laughs> I just kind of want to quit the show every time after I hear that intro because <laughs> I know does it get so better than that? Nasty. <laughs> Uh, vacant this week is Metalhead Monday. He is away on assignment. He'll be back next week. But uh, have to turn in his homework too. <laughs> yes. I, I have all of his homework. Good. I'm ready. All right, that's good. Yeah. Everybody doing all right this weekend? Yes, I'm. Uh, just kind of squeezed in uh, right at the last minute. Was rehearsing with uh, Octopotamus this uh, this evening. That's three-piece outfit that we'll be doing a show around Christmas time in, in the hometown of Kokomo. So details will unfold here in the near future, but uh, you know, you'll get your face melted. You'll dance your ass off. You'll, you'll kind of dance doo-wop style and, and, you know, in odd meter, but we are really excited. And uh, I haven't felt that good playing music in a long time. Honestly, it was a good challenge and it's really solid material. So I'll keep you all updated. Yeah, I heard a little bit of it earlier, and uh, the groove is serious. So I'm excited to hear this. Right on. Yeah, I'll have to come out, Paul. Tell me where it's at when you guys get it nailed down. Yep, we'll do. All right. Well, we have a a big week. We have a really cool challenge this week. Um, Tony issued last week where we were sending each other songs that we really liked to check on how the others would respond. So I think that was pretty cool. And... um, we do our Lester Bangs inspired challenge. Are you guys ready for that this week? Ready. Oh, 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 oh yeah. <laughs> well, got it. it actually this week was by uh, Monday, and he's okay. not here, but he did send it to me. And um, I'm going to read you what he wrote. And then he sent me something separately. So I'm going to have to go back and, and look it up to see what the answer is. But, um, well, you guys ready? Let's dig in. Yeah. Okay, so here here we go. He says, I took a different approach this time. These are excerpts from five-star Amazon reviews. And these people bought the album and loved it. (laughs) And he says, good luck. (laughs) So I'm not sure what we're getting, but um, I know you've all checked out Amazon reviews, so. Oh, yes. They're all over the place. Can Can I I give my... What's that? Can I give my guess ahead of the read? Go. Chinese democracy. 
<laughs> <laughs> it's the only way that it would be approved. But anyway, touche. Yeah, I think some of these are like totally placed in there. <laughs> they are corporate endorsements, but um, yeah. And he even put in user Brenda A. Conklin. <laughs> so he gave like every person their name. Okay, so here it is. Uh, the title is a bold statement, but in my humble opinion, it is true. No album in the realm of metal is better than this one. This singer's voice is at its absolute peak, and he was 40 years old when this album was recorded. The guitar work is absolutely phenomenal, and the drumming is simply mind-blowing. There is literally not a bad song on this album. Hell, there isn't even a good song. They're all beyond fantastic. It's simply <laughs> pure perfection. Wow. Yeah, so, okay. So let's go to user UMG. He says, yeah, if Hell had a playlist, this album would be prominently featured. Virtually every song here kicks you straight in the teeth. And steals your girlfriend. <laughs> well, he's clever. Um, yeah. The title track is an all-out heavy metal assault. Everyone in the band is in rare form. And if the singer wasn't already in legendary status, his performance here would have done it. Okay. Now we have one more user. This is Chad Brendan Fogelberg. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you can't ever trust a Fogelberg. <laughs> this is, quite frankly, one of the best metal albums ever produced. There are a few metal releases that are as well executed guitar-wise, vocal-wise, and drum-wise as in this album by this group. The first half of this album is perfect. There are a couple slower tracks at the end, such as this song, that do not do this band's name justice, but overall, everything else makes up for per imperfections. You may think I'm in I'm some band name fanboy or something, but I have over 200 metal CDs, and this is probably in my top three. Gosh. So, <laughs> there's, there's nothing to bite into there. Yeah. Well, too bad the username Fogelberg doesn't give it away that it's the Eagles. But... <laughs> yeah. The way this guy's raving on and on, I, I would almost say that he was a Nickelback fan. But um, yeah, I wouldn't I mean, throw that away. That could be the fact, except for the forty-year-old lead singer. Yeah. yeah, and we've got um, we've got a couple of slow tracks at the end. It's the metal genre, forty-year-old singer. Yeah. Let's see. Is it a classic Dio album? Is it um, something from Maiden? You know, That's what I was thinking. The Maiden. Yeah, Maiden would have been the obvious go-to as far as knowing Monday and knowing metal, but... Mm -hmm. And they talk about his voice, I think. Which Yeah. Yeah. How old was Ronnie? Say what? In, how old was he back in the... like? Late or mid 90s, when did that? I guess that'd be like early 90s, right? Yeah, their peak. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I had to do some googling on Dio's age. I had no idea, so I just looked up the answer, and you're barking up the wrong tree. Okay, okay, thanks. That works. All right, can you give us any sort of like decade, Steve? 
I will tell you this, that it's a way to, uh, to be blasphemous without being blasphemous. Hmm. If you say it as if you're angry. As if you're what? If you know, you're angry and you don't want to be blasphemous, you might say this. Gosh darn it. I know exactly. Kind of. Dag nabbit. You're getting there. Keep going. G yeah. Willikers. Close. You're getting closer. Shucky Dern. G, G Starts with a J. Jackal? It's not Jesus, but it is. Oh. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Judas Priest. Come on, you fellas. Oh, oh. yeah. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. sort of thinking Jesus and Mary Chain. Like, wait, that's not metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Judas Priest painkiller. Ah, yeah, I can yeah. see that actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I got to say, the user reviews were kind of bland in terms of oh, they were the drummer is yeah. mind blowing, guitar player took my breath away. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. it's like a mad lib. <laughs> yes. And I think that's what the the key is there. Like in Amazon, it's just so like everybody just posts these things. Doesn't matter who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't. They don't say anything, really. Well, that's the, I'm guilty of that, too, because Amazon was like, hey, if you write a review on that, you'll get some bonus points. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? This 9-volt battery I bought really got me out of a pinch. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's yeah. one of the good things that we do on this show is that we don't stop there. Why is it that we don't like something or why do we like something? Well, we try to break it down a little bit. And mm-hmm. so I kind of feel good at every time we get off the, the show here that we have offered something beyond it's good, it's bad, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. Well, thanks for stumping us Monday. Monday, Monday. You'll Stupid be listening Monday. to us on a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so next week, um, Paul, you will be Lester banging us. I'll be banging speak. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lord. you will. Judas Priest. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be awesome if you found really awful reviews of the same record and did yeah. that right on no, not a suggestion though no no alright well anyway let's um, let's move on to our weekly challenge, challenge. boom <laughs> teabags why don't you set us up and uh, kind of set the stage yeah, trying to like go back to the days of friends saying, "Oh, you got to check this out," and giving each other songs. Um, I challenged us to get away from songs that we all know, but um, pick a song or two um, for the person to choose from that something you like, and then we kind of had like a secret Santa raffle drawing, and we each uh, were assigned somebody to give a song to, and we all don't know. We know who gives who, what song, but we don't know what songs we're given. So we will be revealing them tonight on this challenge. Cool. Okay. Well, why don't we go ahead before, I mean, we know now who has what. Why don't you go ahead and, and explain who is serving up the songs to each other, Tony? Um, okay, except for it's in an email. <laughs> so I know I gave a song to Monday. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Monday uh, gave a song to me. Okay. Yes. And Steve gave a song to me. Yep. And I gave a and song to Steve. 
Correct. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. There we go. Yep. Awesome. I, I'm just going to say, first off, this was an unbelievably cool challenge. Um, I hate what happened with my challenge with Tony, but um, I think overall this is based on just talking like separately to people. This has been really cool. So, um, and, and Jeremy's not here, so I'm going to read his first um, okay. because he won't be here to respond. So after that, then we can all respond about our songs. In case he doesn't mention it, let me preface it with, it kind of happened the same way, Steve. I wasn't mm -hmm. sure what he would pick, so I gave him two songs. And uh, he, I guess, wasn't as familiar with either of them, but based on some of the descriptions that I gave him, or maybe he listened to both, uh, he went one way rather than the other. So, yes. Go ahead and, and go ahead and read his. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Jeremy said, just like you said, Tony gave me a choice of two songs: "Desperate Guys" by The Faint, or "The Box" by Damien Rice. I went with The Faint mostly because the Damien Rice track is, I felt, way too dense to tackle in a short review. So much to digest. I was just, I was not familiar with The Faint before this challenge. This was an interesting intro to the band. So he says, up front, I love the violin. It's almost mm -hmm. a shame it mostly disappears into the background for the rest of the song. Even with all the dynamic layering of various instruments and effects, the song has a fairly poppy feel. I don't love the singer's voice, but it works very well here. His mm -hmm. delivery has a cool flow, never overly excited. The lyrics are not especially deep. The song appears to be about meeting a girl, which evolves into an awkward infatuation. I really enjoy the chorus with its repetition of, I knew you, I knew you knew, I knew you knew I liked you. The more mm -hmm. I listened to this track, the more I liked it. It has definitely piqued my interest for the rest of their catalog. He gives this a solid three out of five. Oh, good. That's what he wrote. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what conversation would have ensued if you were here live, but um, <laughs> I, I can I can see, I mean, exactly everything he said. I could see him um, choosing him for those reasons. But the funny thing is that uh, I ran into Monday. I probably haven't seen him actually in person for so long, and I ran into him at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> and um, we had a short conversation, but we started talking about stringed instruments and um i was on the fence about what songs to send him and that kind of like little conversation both songs i sent him had strings in it so i knew at least it would rise above the two and a half stars just simply because it had strings <laughs> but the thing is an interesting band and paul you might be familiar with them since they're fairly electronic but mm -hmm. um they did a remix too for nine inch nails but uh if monday were here i would tell him to listen to uh probably hospital next and then just give the whole wet from birth CD a listen. So uh, that's it. But I, I, it was interesting having him listen to it. Yeah. You know, it's funny The the faint was actually gifted to me by a bandmate, my buddy Gavin, um, a couple mm -hmm. years ago at the end of the, the holidays, he came in with all the bandmates and gave us CDs. So I got a two, two CD set of theirs. And he's like, I don't know if you've heard them. They have a lot of electronic elements, but it made me think of you and I thought you'd enjoy it. And, Indeed, I did. So, how, how funny you gifted Monday with turning them on to turning him on to them, and you know the same thing happened to me. So, sweet. I guess the faint is a gift. Yeah. Well, I just want to say one thing. What's up? This. What the hell were both of you doing at Cracker Barrel? You've got to be like seventy, or they don't even let you in there. 
Collectively, we are seven. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, perfectly. So together, you could go there. That yes. <laughs> that, you know, you have to be accompanied by your 70-plus parent to attend. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that is true. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, um, who wants to go next? Since we're talking about Monday, I can go because he um, blessed me with his tune. Okay. He okay. chose he chose um, Frank Turner. He just simply said, "Here's your review song." Is my favorite Frank Turner track, and it was a YouTube link. Uh, the song is Photosynthesis. Uh, looks like um, it was a cool music video for sure. Um, it was him and his band. They're in like a kid's classroom, and they're letting the kids play their instruments and kind of having like a special. I wouldn't say a convocation, but more like a you know, the class had guests in career day looking type situation. And so they're playing the music and um, the kids are tinkering and kind of getting to know all the, the instruments and stuff too. It was fun in that regard. And, uh, you know, I certainly enjoyed that part of it. Um, you know, the, the song itself, um, I need to go back and listen to it and kind of dig deeper for sure. But, you know, I will say, you know, you guys know me, I like, heavy music, I like electronic music, and I like pushing into like the tech aspect of it for sure. And to a fault, uh, so much so that sometimes when I hear songs that start off with like basic C, G, or D chords and stuff like that, that mm -hmm. I, I kind of zone out and my eyes glaze over and I, I don't pay attention <laughs> to it. So, um, you know, that's not Monday's fault by any means. It's just kind of a natural reaction. And by no means is that a uh, you know a dig at this song because it's a good song. It's just that you know I've played it in bands before that that's the core of their material and you know at the end of the day it's just like I got to get through this 15 minutes that you know as a musician it, it I just I struggle with it. Um, but that's on me. But nonetheless, um, thank you for turning me onto this. I will dig deeper into Frank Turner's library, and um, you know, given the kind of the positivity and the, the overall vibe of of the the band and the song, I think that it would be something that will be really fun to listen to. I just have to be in a situation where I'm not looking for new sounds and, and new you know ideas. Mm -hmm. I just want to be I just want to chill and and just listen to music and have it in the background and you know, kind of point my ear towards the words and see what's happening. So um, that's, that's the challenge for me to do to pursue it further. Um, I'll, I'll give it a, you know, three and a half for sure. Cause it's well-produced tune. It's fun. It's driving. It's really solid. And uh, you know, it made me want to listen to more, even though it's not normally my thing. Okay. What was the track called again? It's called what photosynthesis. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, since um, Paul you go, went, Stevie. yeah, I'll go ahead because Paul sent me this horrible little track from this group called Periphery, and the song was called Garden and the Bones. And so I think Paul attacked me. <laughs> he, he knew this would cause me problems. So, so I first of all, I, I listened to the song. I'm like, you know, this is really cool because it's uh, a song that it's kind of all over the place. There's a lot of breaks and changes and, you know, he growls a little bit and he sings a little bit. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. And I'm thinking, you know, it's got kind of a Lincoln park feel, you know, at times when he's singing the chorus and I'm like, this really sounds good. So normally what I do is then I go in to dig into the lyrics and see what things look like. Mm -hmm. And so 
there are some really cool lyrics here um, that there's like a real Native American feel to a lot of this record um, with, with these sounds or whatever. And so the claim we stake, a land within our wake, a garden in the bones, a headdress down in the soil we own. And so, you know, it's got me, right? It's got me already. Mm -hmm. So then I don't know what it's like on Spotify, but on Apple Music, it has certain songs that are starred like singles or whatever. So I go back and listen to those. And then, um, oh gosh, then there's like a freaking rabbit hole and I start looking at <laughs> lyrics. Okay, the next thing you know, there's a song called Reptile. It's a 20 minute prog rock song that has clearly been structured and planned and these guys are all over it. And so in Garden and the Bones, it says the claim we stake. So what does Reptile say? The claim we stake, a land from us they take. They, the, I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, here we go. And so these songs start to be connected. And then there's another song about Vikings coming in and taking over from uh, the Christians. So the album title is Hail Satan, but it's like, it's not like a Christian devil kind of thing, but it's this whole thing about it doesn't matter who it is, people will exploit others for their own good. So I haven't even finished getting through the whole record yet, but it's a total deep dive. And this band is clearly playing this thing out. Um, and I love, well, obviously you guys know that I love these long songs that tell a story and this album clearly is telling a story and I haven't connected all the links yet, but I'm kind of excited to get in there and try it because there's definitely something here. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's just, you know, it's just kind of feels good when you make those connections and start putting the pieces together and a piece of music. Yeah. Yep. And uh, not to correct you, but the album's called Hail Stan. Um, I can see what, what you know. Yeah. It's called Hail Stan. S-T-A-N. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's some parody in that regard, but um, no, I chose this because a, they're prog B <laughs> um, they, okay. So, you know, when you see Rush, there is a cult-like following of people who love Rush. You know, Neil, mm -hmm. Alex, Getty. And it it makes complete sense because they are people's heroes. Periphery, periphery is much like Rush in that, you know, people, they are people's heroes too, musically. Um, when I've been up at Sweetwater for events, um, and Misha Mansour, one of the main guitar players in the group, has been there. I mean, he gets completely swarmed. Um, you know, he's done clinics up there and, you know, they, they've made regular appearances and even at the NAMM show and stuff too. And, um, and, and that's like that with rock artists as a whole, anybody is their hero, but I just really felt like, um, periphery to me kind of reinvigorated prog for me in, in some ways, even though they may kind of fall into more of the gent, gent genre, however you want to pronounce that D J E N T, but okay. nonetheless, great time signatures there's some really heavy gritty stuff in there and i knew you know steve's love of slipknot there's some good payouts riff wise in in this album and that song for him uh in that regard so um i just wanted to kind of let him hear a 21st century uh experience in the um odd meter world and great musicians they're also kind of uh independent players in like rush was too like everything is kind of kept in their camp for the creative process periphery does the same thing too they 
um, I know they will record a lot of um, demos and just really kind of hash out things and really commit to creating the entire concept. So a lot of that was very parallel to me. And I thought, you know what, it's time for Foggy to, to check this band out. I've, I've been listening to him for some time and kept forgetting to bring him up. So it was a perfect opportunity. Cool. Sounds like a good fit. Yeah. But did, Steve, did you give a rating or did I miss that? I did not give a rating. Um, I would definitely give it a four out of five and I'm going to keep listening. Um, you know, musically, I don't know. It's kind of a double-edged sword for me because it really is both combined for me. Um, something may sound really cool and you kind of get into it and enjoy it. But then when you add that layer of the lyrics, that's what takes me to the next level. Um, mm -hmm. And I love that they're tying these together though. So it, you know, maybe I'll come back in a month and give it a higher rating. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, definitely four out of five. I haven't stopped listening to it, so that's a good song. And um, uh, the song I, I didn't mention it, but the song with the Vikings was called Blood Eagle, and it mm -hmm. is an awesome song. Very yeah. good. Yeah, and the little symphonic bits that were mixed in mm -hmm. there too was was quite impressive. I actually listened to listened to the album today on my way to rehearsal, and. Uh, was you know kind of getting my my uh, blood fired up ready to play some complex riffs so good soundtrack to start the day now do you do you hear in some of the uh, the chorus and stuff do you hear lincoln park oh yeah yeah for sure okay um they, they do have some of the pop hook elements going on as well as the intensity and the growl and stuff too and the singer's range um i've never hit, heard him hit notes that high in the past honestly he's definitely gotten up there but i felt like he kind of kicked it up a notch for sure and yeah. um this this album versus some of the other ones is a lot more layered and intensified with the arrangements and, and the melodies and stuff too so it really feels like they're exploring a lot of new possibilities so where it is heavy it's real heavy and where it's melodic it's still you know deep at the same time so there's a lot of growth with with this group yeah totally dug it cool thank you no problem glad you enjoyed it all right tea bags you're up. Coming back to me, yes. Um, well, first of all, <laughs> first of all, I'll say that um, challenge kind of went exactly how I wanted it to go in terms of our exchange, Steve, because I wanted it to be that feeling again of like, holy crap, I don't know how I missed this or I'd never heard this or whatever it was. No, you gave me catch and release by Silver Sun pickups. <laughs> which way back in the day when they first came out, I think you and I talked about them and they had a Smashing Pumpkins vibe to them. Um, I think that was what caught our ear. But um, honestly, they kind of dropped off my radar. And even though this song is, what, 10 years old? Mm -hmm. um, I'd never heard it. So listening to it was um, just like back in the day. Somebody handing you a CD or something, you get home, you pop it in. And... Um, let me backtrack. You did give me first teardrop by Massive Attack, and it had been on my playlist so regularly. <laughs> I listened to it every week, and I didn't feel like it was right for the challenge. Um, so I'm glad you gave me this. But I was so bummed when you told me I sent it to you, and they're like, oh, "I listened to it that day." I'm like, "Crap!" <laughs> <laughs> it was it's a bummer. A, it's such a good song to work to, but yeah. But, I bring that up because catch and release. So I have this playlist called work to this. And that's where I put like a rearranging of songs that I tend to get a lot of work done to and catch and release is now on that. And 
I don't know how many times I've listened to it, but I've listened to it driving, which is one of my favorite times to listen to music. And um, it has that like dark tone to it, kind of like Passenger by Deftones or Mr. Superstar by Marilyn Manson, but not that dark. And uh, it's got a little bit of like, I don't know if it's love or infatuation or a little bit of lust mm-hmm. or whatever the whole thing's going on, but um, and his voice is awesome. And um, I don't know, there's just nothing bad about that song. And I really like how he says, like, uh, when he's kind of given the lure a little bit of like, you know, your your hair will feel differently or the wind in your hair will feel differently. Mm-hmm. And then I love when people do this as an artist, but it changes later on in the song where like, I knew you, I knew you're, you'd know that the wind in your hair would feel differently. Like, I just like those little twists of words and choruses, but um, yeah, fantastic. I mean, musically and lyrically and the whole vibe of the whole thing, it's just, it not only made the challenge cool, but it, it really took me back to where I really wanted to be with this challenge. And I have a new song in my work playlist. So uh, I give it a really, really high, like 4.8 maybe. Um, and yeah, I'll listen to it tomorrow when I'm working. So you said this playlist is called Work to This? Yeah. What's on your playlist called Twerk to This? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know those Miley Cyrus and Nine Inch Nails songs she redid? Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Mostly that. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Buck Cherry. Never mind. <laughs> no, that's a die to this. <laughs> yeah i think uh I, I was talking to clay about it and i told him i sent that to you and he said that's oh, my favorite song so i can't and i don't know how if it would have been like something they released a couple of years ago i could see where i missed it but because it was off i think it was off of swoon mm-hmm. but i don't know how it, i missed it but it also made me just like you did with like the rabbit hole it's like now i need to check out their catalog again because there's probably 17 more of these somewhere Barry that I haven't paid attention to. So yeah, there's yeah, they're they're definitely good. So I didn't love their new one, but uh previous to this, so good. Yeah. So thank you. That was a really good song. I'd say we had a pretty good challenge overall. Yeah, like we all learned something or uh got something new that we really like. I have fun. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, even cool. like I wasn't trying to poop all over Monday's selection to me. It was still enlightening yeah. and, and eye-opening for sure. It's Again, it's not something that I gravitate to, yeah. but nonetheless, I, I learned about an artist that he likes. And, and, you know, he, Monday listens to music a lot differently than I do, and that's not an insult by any means. And it's awesome to see that he and I both go different ways and, you know, we'll share things and it's like, no, that's okay, but that's yeah. all right. We still have things we meet in the middle on, you know, he still puts no, up with me. Yeah, that's fair too. I mean, even like I'm saying back in the day, I mean, I remember plenty of times popping in the CD, somebody told me, oh, you're going to love this. And I'm like, I don't know what they see <laughs> in this track. So it's not exactly, uh, it can't always be four stars and listen to it again type stuff. Didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. I, I still can't wait for the time we have a knockdown drag out on this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. I think we should have a challenge someday of like, you have to defend your song. <laughs> right. Pick something somebody else will hate. <laughs> yes. And make them like it. <laughs> It'll probably happen with a guest knowing our luck. Somebody we don't know very well. <laughs> True. <laughs> Super eccentric. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. 
Anyway, so thanks for playing along. Hopefully we'll do something like that again soon. I, agree. Yeah, I think every every other month we ought to do something like this just to get some new music. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, next week, Monday has the challenge. And he did send me his challenge, and he said he is looking at a three-song Halloween playlist. And these will be songs that tackle scary subject matter. That Ooh. is ghosts killers or movie type stuff okay. songs that you would play at your own halloween party okay so right. I, and i'm not going to jump over him here but i would say two to three so if you can't come up with three come up with two really good ones right yeah okay. that's fine yeah that's fair all yes. right activating the exception here we go Challenge accepted. boom Perfect. there we go all right. Well, this week we are reviewing Dermot Kennedy album review. Yeah, and this one comes to us uh, specifically for tea bags. So, yes. Before we begin tea bags, why don't you fill us in on why we are listening to this album? <laughs> well, if, for me personally, um, he. Is, and he's a great lyricist and I mean he's a great musician too but his music sort of struck a chord with me because of how poetic it is and not necessarily caring about the sentence structure fitting into a traditional song style um, and it's very emotional it's very raw and sometimes it's just him and a piano or him and a guitar and you know seen several several shows where I can see somebody like that just hold a crowd, you know, for the entire night with just a person and a guitar. Damien Rice is one of them. So, and this, and Dermot also comes from Ireland. So I guess I have a thing for Irish singers. And um, yeah, and he's it's been little bits and pieces of this album floating around out there for a while. And he's kind of gained a lot of traction over the last couple of years. So it's nice to see this whole collection put together and produced inside the studio. And that's why we're listening to them. Cool. Yeah. Where did you uh, first hear him? Um, I actually stumbled down a YouTube rabbit hole, and um, I heard um, "An Evening I Will Not Forget." I think was the first one I heard, and it was just it was live, and it was him at a piano, and it was just like I said, it was like I watched the whole thing straight through, nothing else kind of like entered my radar for that whole song, and I was hooked. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm going to ask you one more question because sure. when I listened to it full through one time, uh -huh. I wasn't super impressed. I got a, I got a poppy vibe and I was uh -huh. like, God, sounds like a lot of posty going on here. <laughs> so I've changed since. However, so um, in, in your eyes, he is, I want to see he's a pop singer, but he could definitely fall into that category. When my daughter heard him, he was like, she was like, wow, you know, that's yeah. good. So yeah. what is it for you that took you beyond that? Because normally when we hear the pop thing, we're like, uh, er, pump the brakes. Yeah. Well, a couple of things. One, there is some, there's a pop element and I kind of like that about him. Like when he put out, um, uh, young and free, I think it might be called, I don't know it's on this album, but it was very poppy. Um, and you, you have, when I say poppy, a lot of the drum beats, like, and, mm -hmm. you know, come across poppy. And then um, I think, 
I can respect as an artist that he's been doing a lot of uh, real, you know, down stuff for a couple of years. He probably <laughs> wanted to throw a little bit of change in there. But for me, uh, like I said, to hear all these songs produced inside the studio, they might have taken on a little bit more vibe. Even the opening track, which I love, changed mm -hmm. for me a little bit. Um, but still, if you dig in, the lyrics are there. I mean, it's still very deeply personal and um, I don't know. I just I like his voice too. But he gets a pass for me because I think the lyrics still hold strong. Where I feel like Posty kind of not only went a little bit away from what we're used to seeing him as, but also the lyrics changed <laughs> to kind of fit into that, like in, fit into the genre that he wasn't even, he wouldn't let people place himself in. And then he was placing himself in it by those lyrics, in my opinion. I agree with your opinion. One hundo. Okay. <laughs> to quote my principal, one hundo. Um, All the kids are saying that. Well, okay. So you mentioned the first song, and I'm going to start off because, um, as I said, you know, I start. I listened to this the first time through, and I even said, I think in a text that there was just on a couple of the songs. It was just like a poppy feel that I was just like, oh, I don't know if I'm really getting on that vibe. His voice. Mm -hmm. clearly the dude can sing. I mean, it, he has a special voice. Um, it's kind of posty at times, but it's definitely more mature. It's got some rasp to it. But then um, an evening I will not forget um, when I went in and really started listening to him and, and looking at the lyrics. Holy cow. The imagery yeah. and the sensory language that he uses. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like... Um, okay, I'm just going to read a couple of them because there are so many sure. that are connecting. Island smiles and cardigans. The nights oh. that we've been drinking in, we're here to help you kill all of this hurt that you've been harboring. So we've got island and harboring. And then <laughs> confessions, you should be, uh, should be better planned alone that night. I'm surely damned. Run away, I'll understand. And then he's like purple and blue, orange and red. These colors of feelings. Give me love. I'll put my heart in it. Um, oh my gosh. It's like he just, he is an artist in the way that he paints picture with his words. And um, that's where I really started to fall in love with what he was doing on this record. Yeah. And that's one song specifically, and that part specifically. If you go and watch, uh, there's an acoustic version of him with the piano, which I was talking about earlier. That's where the song really picks up with him getting into it. And, um, yeah, it has the underproduced vibe. And so I have found that I like both versions and I'm glad they both exist. But other lines I like in there too are, uh, and wishing you were here tonight is like holding on, but I still get to see your face, right? And that's like nothing they could take, right? It just mm -hmm. seems like something that he was just writing down, you know? Um, but you know, I um, love that, the line too, that go, you kind of struggle not to shine. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's I like <laughs> the opposite of what you expect. Yeah. Very cool. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that's a good lead in there. Uh, uh, Paul, do you have anything to say about that song before I step all over everything? <laughs> no, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also want to mention it's not on here. And I wish it was what glory um, is a song. And he has a lot of that same kind of like imagery and, and how he writes on that. And I'll tell you more about that later. Cause I don't want to get too far off this album, but same sort of vibe as far as how he his emotion his emotions are kind of at the forefront of that one so 
but yeah, the lyrics, and I'm glad he led with this one. I think it sets the tone for the album in a way, even for me, where it set the tone to say, you know, this is going to be a little bit more poppy, a little bit more heavily produced. You know, someone that's familiar with the song, it was different for me to hear it that way. So. Uh, Paul, musically, what do you think? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes. I don't want to go all complete lyric on this until you have a chance to talk yeah, no, about no. the music a little bit. No, I mean, I think the, the music's really cool in that um, it's real intimate. Uh, a lot of piano. And then, you know, the, at first I thought it was going to be kind of a just raw him and the piano album. And then the drums kicked in and it's like, okay, they're, they're polished and they're produced, but they're not overbearing by any means. They're just an extra texture and, had some pulse and, and direction with the the songs for sure, and it kind of reminded me, without having the the typical elements of it, but it just kind of reminded me of kind of a trip hop type album, like early Tricky and um, some of the mellower Massive Attack, and that um, you know it had a pulsing groove. The the piano and the chords really kind of filled the voice of the of the tune, and you know the vocalists that massive attack would have come on, you know, they had real clear intention with the words. Like he repeated phrases a lot in, in this album and um, you know, the melody kind of would vary a little bit on it, but not much, but nonetheless, it still kind of played as an instrument more than, um, you know, being, uh, I guess like a whole bunch of words, you know what I mean? Like with the verses like packed or anything like that. So mm -hmm. I, I liked that there was some breathing space uh, in, in the music for that as well. Cool. Even though I would, I'm always enamored by the lyrics. I obviously if it's supported by music, <laughs> it makes it even better. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's interesting to hear your take on it from, and I know this is kind of outside your genre. Your genre. Mm -hmm. So that's why I like doing this with a group of people. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I was telling, you know, Foggy earlier that it, I think it hit me kind of at a, at a weird time because um, I was super incredibly ill all week. And then I started feeling better and I was like, yeah, all right, cool. I'm, you know, out of the, out of the shadows, I'm going to get out of bed and start making it. And then, you know, this album's kind of, kind of heavy in its own way, as far as like it, it has a, a somber mood. And so I was like, man, it's kind of bringing me down. I'm, I want yes. to feel good. I just got out of the, you know, been bedridden most of the week here, feeling like crap. And so, you know, and I listened to it again tonight on the way home from rehearsal and we were all fired up from, um, you know, real intense jam. And it's like, all right, really looking forward to this December show. And then it's like that mood hit again. So yeah. it's like, whatever he's doing, he's really good at making me kind of dig and become pensive and, and kind of feel sad. And so, you know, that said, it's like, okay, I'm going to table this album for when I need to feel like this and I need to kind of channel that emotion. Yeah. Um, and I know you do that with your writing, so I can totally see why you, you lean toward him. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, no, I, I didn't dislike it by any means. I was just like, here I am going, all right, upswing. What? No, what? no, no, <laughs> come on, man. Let me get back. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. There's that. That's a really good point too. Cause I think music, this genre, any genre has its timing too in our lives, you know? Mm -hmm. so and there's been times where as much as i love this guy it's exactly that it's like i'm having a good day and i know what uh, you know a certain song may do to me so mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> that's why i make playlists so you know yeah i can kind of like match those up with my moods but yeah um, yeah. yeah 
You know, so, it's like bright glass when you need to listen to the cure, right? <sighs> okay, sure. it's time. You know, Dermot's <laughs> kind of in the same uh, <laughs> the same uh, uh, case for emergency yeah. purposes. <laughs> yeah, he's just the same as the cure, except he's producing music, and Robert apparently is struggling to write music. So, yeah. get it together. Come on, for yeah. us. Um, and there's a there's a handful on this album, like I said, between you and I, Stephen, we were texting that um, have already been out there. And so, even though they're produced, I've heard them. There's a lot of new ones on here too. But um, so we'll just jump around. But I wanted to one of the new ones that really stood out for me was was Rome. Mm-hmm. Do you have any notes on that one? No, I didn't write any notes on that one. Okay. I'll, I'll be honest, I liked every song. Mm-hmm. Um, but I only took notes on a couple and I didn't realize that these were songs that had previously been out there. So I came into this completely clean. Yeah. I think maybe I didn't count how many, but maybe five of them have been out there. And okay. when I say out there, some of them, he may have released like one at the end of 2018 as kind of a single, knowing that it was going to make this one eventually, you know, but, um, well, Rome, as a lyric guy, you might like this, but these these stood out to me. He says, um, but last night it hurt me to hear you say it felt broken. And even though I tried and all these memories run in my mind in slow motion. And then somewhere along later on, he says, uh, remember that first laugh. All it changed once I had that, like a hurricane, but I don't care where I land. So dance carefree. I hope it's easier knowing me. Now your soul is yours, but I'll help it. If I, I'll help it move if I can. I thought that was really good, especially the like a hurricane. I don't, but I don't care where I land. That whole just like being swept up, you know, in the wind of it all, um, and in the moment more than you know where it's going to take you. So, but again, like I think I like some of these. I don't exactly know what everything means that he's saying, but it seems deeply personal. Like something happened <laughs> when they were flying over Rome or something, because he keeps talking about Rome was below us. Yeah, no, that, yeah. but we've talked about this before. That's what is the best part about music is it doesn't matter what it meant to him is it means something different to all of us. And it yeah. can, it's so universal that we could all grab onto it. We've all had these feelings. Yeah. Um, one of the songs that I wrote about was All My Friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and the line that I, the two lines that I wrote down that I really loved were the smell of rain and streetlight thrown, a love a lantern in the snow. I mean, it's just like, he just captures feelings and words that, um, just like a nostalgic feeling, even though he doesn't know me, but I kind of feel that. And I can put, I can put something to it. I really like that. You know, Mm -hmm. um, he does it in dancing under red skies, uh, sitting out in uh, warm winds, flecks of sun painted on the sea. You smiled, looked down when I told you it ain't bad to be me. You know, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. yeah, just something like friendly about that that uh, I feel like I could connect to. Um, and his voice right. that it's like a beautiful voice, but it's raspy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just dig it. I mean, there's this is an album that I'll definitely be like kicking around for a while and uh, digging into. So. Yeah. Um that's interesting because that's uh, some all that imagery and stuff is something that or I like because it seems like he's saying what he wants to say rather than caring if it fits. And that's mm-hmm. what I was saying earlier, you know, like if he thought about, you know, the specs of color and all that stuff, he's talking about 
Paul and you're you're a songwriter too. You write lyrics as well on a few of your tracks that uh, you know that I love. Um, but the a lot of times, and I've done this too, just as a on the writing end of it, I can't produce anything. But um, sometimes you go back and you say, okay, well, this was the emotion I was feeling, but how can I say it so it fits a, a structure, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I've long since abandoned that. I write what I write, and then if I have somebody like Kyle come in and sing. We try to work it as closely as we can, even if the music has to kind of bend a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a challenge for sure, and um, sometimes <laughs> there's different tricks to to work around that. And I think that's where the the repetition kind of plays uh, gestures and, and is able to still drive the message home without having to, you know, yes. bend the the words way too much and kind of have some white space in between there for breathing room and things. Mm-hmm. So. Very cool. You know, I had no, I haven't spoken much on this album, but it's, it just hit me in, in a way that was just like, bam, okay, you know what? I need to table this for a time when my mood is better prepared for it. And, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's not a terrible album by any means. It was just, it was powerful enough to kind of swing me in, in a different direction. And it's like, not, not, not now. <laughs> yeah. So. No, no, I know. And I, uh, I am going to see him a week from tomorrow. So I'm we're recording on Sunday night, so a week from this Monday, and I'm going by myself, and I'm probably going to take the day off the next day, not because I'll be tired, because obviously, you know, you guys know I'm a night owl, I can handle that, but I feel like I've never been to a concert alone, and I'll mm-hmm. just be standing there taking this all in, and I think I'll be so full of thoughts and yeah, things that I want to write that I don't want to jump right back into work the next one. Sounds like a mini-sode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. It could be just me talking. <laughs> I'd love to go with you, but we will be next Sunday going to Hamilton, and then mm-hmm. the following day we're going to go see the Blackhawks. So we'll be in gotcha. Chicago for two days. Gotcha. Um, I'm, I'm foreshadowing the uh, minisode for, for Tony here. Hello, listeners. Just got back <laughs> from Dermot. <laughs> something very, something very similar to that. Um, Quick, capture that. We'll plan it next week. Tony, you know, since you're the Dermot Kennedy fan, do you have any kind of rounding final thoughts on this album and Dermot as a whole? Um, yeah. Okay. So one thing I'll say between songs that have been out and songs that are on this album is if you listen, he eyes, devil, demons, and monks. Those all play into a theme throughout most of the songs. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that there's a lot of stuff that he has where he's the, when he talks about the eyes, it's that he's been captured by eyes and uh, devils and demons between his and somebody else he watches fight fighting them. Uh, the months thing is very interesting if you go back and listen to a few things because sometimes they'll outright say, you know, something about December, or October, but there's another song where he talks about um, he says month three, and uh, that happens to like coincide with um, his ex getting married in March, so. There's little personal cryptic things sometimes in there, but all in all, I think he writes about love, whether it's, you know, love he's finding, love he's found, or love he's lost. And so when he ends with the title track, Without Fear, he says, love me like there ain't another day, lead with the heart, ain't that the only way? And I think that that's a fitting way to, like, capture what he does. It's like, whether it's going to be the excitement of finding love, the kind of comfort of being in love or the pain of losing love. I think he's just leading with his heart 
and it shows in his writing. So that would be my kind of final word on, on him. Awesome. You guys hate me. So Paul gave me periphery, which I got to figure out why all these people are invading each other. And now you've given me this whole journey of love. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other thing I'd say is like, really like, I'll post in the show notes too, but if people are interested in, in him, I personally feel like the best route to find him is listen to a mixture of his old and newer stuff live and then go into the album because it is produced and polished and all of that. And you lose a little bit of the emotion that he brings to everything. And I hate to say that for the album because I still get it, but I had to be a big fan first. If I would have heard this without hearing the previous stuff, I don't know that I would have caught how deeply he kind of means these things. Mm -hmm. Well, you'll obviously post some of those in the show notes so that we yes. can you know, check those out. Okay. Awesome. For sure. Definitely. Excellent. You know, uh, one, one last thought before we take off, you know, speaking of, yeah. you know, you turned us on to Dermot Kennedy. We, our challenge was about, you know, us telling your friends about music that they may not have heard before talking to my longtime hometown friend, Winnie Winston. And uh, I told him about NF and he was actually driving to work. He had a long drive that day. And he's like, anything you listening to, I should give a, give a, you know, ear to. And I told him about the search. I said, definitely check that out and report back to me. So um, all I got was a holy shit reply once he <laughs> you know, got the, uh, the album, but um, we yeah. haven't had a chance to have an in-depth conversation, but you know, in turn, I organically did that without even thinking about this challenge this week. And um, it's like, now we got to talk about it. It's like, yeah, you know what? That still happens in my life and I'm glad it does. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. And even like, I don't know how many people right now I've, I've sent catch and release to whether they've heard it or not, because, you know, Steve got me excited about that. And mm -hmm. more people than want to are going to hear about Dermot Kennedy from me, <laughs> especially <laughs> after I hit the concert. Um, and to wrap that up, I would, you guys will have different numbers, I'm sure, but I'm giving it a 4.8 because there's only a couple of songs that I um, thought were only good and not great, which is hard to say. But um, I was interested in see what you guys ranked it at anyway. Well, you have to look on Amazon for my review. Um, what's your what's your name there? The drummer was brilliant. Yeah. The singer was brilliant. Yeah. The drum machine <laughs> blew me away. Exactly. Yeah. I love that micro too. Yeah. No, but uh, I, I gave it a solid four for sure, just an, upon initial okay. impression, and uh, knowing that I need to dig deeper into it when conditions allow. Yeah. I'm glad you're on the upswing, by the way, Paul. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Stevie, what's your number? I give it a one. <laughs> yeah. no, I just, I'll give you a one. Finger. <laughs> yes. Just like that girl at school the other day. <laughs> Proud moment of the year. But anyway, um, <laughs> no, here's, okay, so I'll, I'll just say it's like four out of five. I just, okay. what I hate about doing these kind of shows is that we all have to try to get everything out quickly, right? Yeah. Because that's where we are in society and every show has to get them out and every writer has to get all this stuff out. And I was just thinking about this the other day. Um, we did the, you know, you guys know me. So, you know, we did Slipknot back on August 9th, right? So, mm -hmm. but I've been sitting with that album for a long time. And now I'm thinking I'm ready to write the review because mm -hmm. I've sat with it for a while. And now I can place it in context of the other albums. 
So yeah. I hate that we have to always give numbers for an album after two days of listening because it doesn't yeah. do it justice. It doesn't fit it in its place in context of all the other albums like it or in this person's catalog. Mm -hmm. So I really struggle with that when I give numbers for things. Um, and then you just said a few things at the end of that that make me want to go back and listen to the live and then go mm -hmm. back and listen to these again. So I'm going to take these amazing lines, these poetic lines that I clung to. And now I'm going to add this other thing about, well, now I knew what, you know, the backstory to this. Mm -hmm. so it's going to totally change how I hear this album again when I hear it. So I really <laughs> am reluctant to give it a number. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. And I, I've felt the same thing, um, especially with Tool. But any of these bands where you, you can't just have a, oh yeah, I liked it reaction. Like you got to dig into it. So that's fair. If you don't want to give a number, you can abstain from that. But we should well, probably start qualifying that as like, here's our <laughs> knee jerk reaction because it came out Friday, you know, right. We've had, we've had a day and a half to listen to it. Mm -hmm. Some of us more. If you found yeah. it. In other I've places. listened to it three times today and I listened yeah. to it once yesterday. So I've listened to it four times mm -hmm. and I don't feel like it, that does it justice. That's fair. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how we remedy that, but I, I agree with you and that's hard to do. And it is hard because nobody wants to listen to somebody talk about an album that's three months old. But the people who are commenting on the album two days after it comes out or a day before it comes out aren't necessarily the people I want to listen to. Yeah. Well, maybe we should call it that. This is our knee-jerk reaction, you know, after X amount of listens. And then we can post longer reviews, you know, on the site. But, um, yeah, it is. It's just the weird world we're living in. <laughs> So, but I loved it, and that's all that matters. Yes. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? And I'm going to listen again. I turned my daughter onto it, and she really dug it. Uh -huh. So we're branching out, regardless of how much we're trying. So yeah, this yeah. just in: Amazon review for Dermot Kennedy's latest release by Mitsby, five stars. Absolutely buy this album and support this kid. Um, it says this guy is incredible. I have been following him for a year or two now and love his music. The level of passion that he injects into his music is incredible. This kid is definitely about to take the world by storm. The end. So, you know, knee jerk reaction or, you know, much like yourself, he's been, you know, this, this particular Raider, he or she has been kind of festering and, and uh, building up the anticipation of this album. So, you know, yeah. There, there's there's that too so i don't think yours is as much of a knee-jerk reaction as much as um you know you've had some calculated experience mm -hmm. yeah and i mean my lifestyle supports me able to yeah sit up sit up longer you know i don't have a kid to tend to and i am a night owl so i probably get another 10 listens in on something i love and read about it so yep <sighs> on your music to torque to playlist that's right <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you know, uh, one thing we've completely overlooked here tonight is that this is almost like a reveal because this is my first full face interview after 40 some shows. <laughs> this is true. I'm not hiding behind a pops, pop screen. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, my Paul. turn. Ain't no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I look better like this. I'm going to have to start doing this. I see what you're driving at. Yeah. And what Steve, do you think? You look good behind a ball, Steve. <laughs> 
I've always enjoyed being behind the ball. <laughs> Ain't nothing to it. <laughs> Ain't no thing. <laughs> Good night, um, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. While we're talking about humor, I'll make this real quick. But uh, I listen to Bob and Tom in the morning on the way to work, and I only live like two minutes from work, so I can only catch things here and there. But they have like these jokes of the day with Ace, and a couple of them that I have to mention because I think they're funny is one he said, uh, that he's dating a homeless woman and it's getting serious because she asked him to not move in with him. <laughs> and then uh, the other one was uh, he invited a cannibal over for a dinner party, but the cannibal showed up late. What do you offer a cannibal that shows up late? Hmm. The cold shoulder. Oh, <laughs> but yes. Okay. Just thought I'd bring us down with some dad, dad jokes. Nice. <clears throat> awesome. Anyway. That's all I got on the review, though. Well, I, th- I really think that um, this probably deserves a mini-sode after your uh, concert next week. So Okay. Hopefully you hit that up. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, um, fantastic. So next week, looks like we've got the Lester Bangs-inspired challenge by Paul. We have the challenge by Jeremy. Um, what is the review next week? Um, I just had it. I got to think about this because I will not be here. I will be in Chicago. Yeah. Um, let's see here. It was Life of Agony. No. Oh, Life of Agony. Life yeah. Agony. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you guys will be knocking out Life of Agony. I'm going to check that anyway because I really like them. Yep. Okay. Um, and then um, really excited because in two weeks, we will have um, David Quartet here in the studio with us. It's going to yes. be really exciting. So we're going to have a full conversation with those two folks. And um, could not be more excited about that. Yep. Before we end tonight, gentlemen, anything you're listening to that we need to know about? Tea bags. Um, no, not really. This is I've been on a been on a like a nostalgic. You know, trip, I guess, for for lack of a better term. So, lots of uh, like old Fiona Apple and and uh, Regina Spector and um, just stuff like that. You know, because I think this challenge was like kind of a throwback to finding new music, and I just went back to things I listened to during that time. So, nothing new. Fantastic. Nice. JPP. Um, I was kind of also on a nostalgic kick, but uh, of course. Periphery, I, I sent it your way, and that put me in my own rabbit hole, which after you get done with Hail Stan, um, I want you to go and listen to the song Ragnarok. That's probably like one of the awesomest slow drive payout riffs I've ever heard. Um, good stuff there. Also was kind of digging into some Portishead, watching uh, their live in New York with the full symphony orchestra. Um, I can't ever get enough of that performance. It's so awesome and so good and fun to listen to. And then I also uh, was nostalgic for some drum and bass. So I was listening to some old Ronnie size and Goldie and came across a couple of sets of them DJing. And it's really cool because um, they've gone two different paths in their journeys. And I not generally one to uh, watch DJs do their thing because, you know, a lot of times they're not doing much uh, in terms of flashy, but Ronnie was doing a really good job of putting some crazy tunes mashed together. Um, so it was fun to hear 
versions of old classic drum and bass tunes um kind of re-envisioned with some trap and hip-hop elements to it and then goldie um he had other people that were opening up before him and stuff too just playing some tunes i hadn't had a chance to hear before and um drum and bass is just a lot of fun to me especially the uh, more upbeat jazzy um influenced drum and bass lots of organic sounding drums and lots of great tasty chords and you know beautiful vocals and stuff too so cool hooks and um it just really always fires me up and makes me feel good it's definitely the antithesis to dermot kennedy you know where you know his stuff's more slow and brooding which is not a bad thing it's just it's the opposite spectrum you know so i guess yeah. after a week of that kind of stuff and then it's like i'm listening to dermot it was uh, you know certainly a, a big shift and um you know I'll be ready for it soon and I'll follow up with you. That's cool. I forgot about Goldie for for a minute there. Yeah. Go back and listen. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely some interesting stuff. Um, and I remember listening to that when I was working at a corporate record store, I'd play that disc and uh, customers would be intrigued and definitely want to hear it. But then manager would come in, what are you doing playing that? Turn that off. We don't play that kind of stuff. It's like, <laughs> you get to play Space Jam all the time because you like it. And it's like, you know, I'm just kind of breaking the mold a little bit for 45 minutes. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't complain if they saw the sales rise. That's right. That's right. Sure. What about you, right. Stevie? Well, I was all over the place this week. I did finally, um, I did a lot of working out this week. So I was listening to some different podcasts, catching up, which was really good. Um, after Paul sent me Periphery, this is actually because we, we didn't, you know, actually record last week. So I'd had that for two weeks. So I really got into that and that kind of brought me back to that whole, you know, story based music. So, um, I always, you know, go back to Rush and those early ones, but then I jumped into Snakes and Arrows and Clockwork uh, Angels. And so I listened to those a couple of times, which just amazing. And um, I always talk about the instrumentals and I never mention Main Monkey Business, uh, which is a fantastic instrumental by Rush. One of the later ones that everybody should listen to. And then um, Liza from Deva had posted this, a video of a an interview with Neil Peart. And so I sent that to Tony because it's all about writing. And I don't know if uh, T-Bags, if you've had a chance to listen to it yet. No, yeah, but is, I'm definitely going to. It's short, but it is so good. Just about, I mean, it's after Neil has quit the band and he's retired and he's just traveling around and experiencing life and talking about writing. And it's really good for anybody who is a creator and likes to write. So um, cool. that's me for the week. I can't wait to listen to Ragnarok, Hawken, Porcupine Tree. Um, I'm all over it, ready to roll. Um, <laughs> and then uh, next week, I will not be here. I will send in my answers to the challenges. And um, I'll be back on the 20th for a big interview session. So that's it. Anybody else? Final words. Yeah, I think that uh, you and I should owe the proud minisode. Before we started, we were waiting on teabags to get technical difficulties ironed out. So I turned Foggy on to Hawken and um, Porcupine Tree. So maybe we should do a minisode on your reaction to them. I am totally down. Let's do it. All right, cool. All right. So until next time and Porcupine Tree goodness with Hawken, I'll see you then. Bye-bye.